0: I'm Jacqueline Shepard, and you're listening to Taking the Leap. LEAP is an acronym, and it stands for Listen, Equip, Action, and Patience. And the conversations in this series are based around this concept. I chat to people who have turned their passions into a profession, some who have stepped way outside of their comfort zone, but ultimately, they've all taken the leap. My guest this week is a quadruple threat, taking several leaps within her career from being in a girl band to working within the NHS, property to presenting, and finally acting. Her self-starting go-getting nature knows no bounds. And in January, she was named as one of the voice newspapers ones to watch in 2022. This week's guest is Vanessa Cruishank. Vanessa, it's great to have you in my company.
1: Uh, I'm super excited to be here thank you Jacqueline for having me
0: all right so let, let's start off at the beginning of I guess your earliest memories of wanting to act and that little voice so we're going to start off on listen as we always do that little voice that told you acting was for you when did you first hear that voice uh what did that look like for you
1: I can't remember exactly but I know that from being a child from being young so I was always into performing so my mum would say to me that um when I was little I would hear songs on the radio mm-hmm and um, especially Lovers Rock because my mum was into Lovers Rock at the time and I would be able to sing them word for word in the house I was always wanting to have a microphone I was always standing in front of people so she always said to me that she kind of knew I would go into the kind of performing arts kind of arena and um, that's kind of what I did and my teachers at primary school recognised it as well Mm. because I was always acting, performing and singing I used to say Um, If anyone asked me what I wanted to be, I used to say I wanted to be a singer, a dancer, an actress and a model.
0: Wow. Just like
1: that, all the time. So that's kind of how I knew, very much so at the beginning.
0: That child that wanted to sing, dance, act and model did just that. And in her late teens, heading into her early 20s, Vanessa joined a girl group. You might think that this was the start of the big career. But Doubt began to inform her decisions.
1: We didn't have a name yet, but we did look really good. There's pictures of the three of us, like on in this record shop. There used to be a record shop in Holloway Road, um, right next to Kiss FM when it used to be there. Yeah. And um, the same people were the same people that signed us. So we were up on the wall. Yeah, we signed our names on it and went into the studio. And we um, we per- we performed this song and... I think this was the point that gave me the, I guess, the lack of self-esteem. We were in the studio and we'd performed this song. And the guy said to me, you're not singing in tune. Mm. And I'd never heard that before because everyone's always like, "Yep, yeah, your voice is on point. You And I was told I wasn't singing in tune. And I had, then I had doubt. And then my friend couldn't do it. Another one got pregnant I got an offer to go to university and I think it was that little doubt in my head about oh are you actually good enough could you actually do this could you do this on your own I think that doubt also led me to go off to uni and get the qualifications back up and I felt oh you know if I was good enough
0: I will go back to that whole performing thing. Isn't Um, that interesting because listen is not only listening to the positives but sometimes it's listening to the negatives or the things which then put us off our our route off our journey so listen at this stage for you looked like self-doubt and it looked like imposter syndrome undermining your confidence the next 15 years Sylvanessa working away following an unfurling path that would have been alien to the acting dancing singing little girl but while it was quiet that inner voice hadn't altogether been silenced.
1: I, I knew there was something missing, but I couldn't tell you what it was. Yeah. So I had this thing that I wanted to, once I got into the NHS, I kind of said, oh, you know, I want to be chief exec of the NHS. And did it did, And I was going up the corporate ladder and I was actually going up quite high. I was managing quite a lot of teams. I was doing really well and I was earning a really good salary. Mm. The higher up I went, the more and more miserable I was, (laughs) the more I didn't feel like I was enjoying it. People were talking to me about things and I should have been embracing the
0: conversations because it's about my job and all I would want to do is something else. A moment of clarity arrived while at a conference, which, given her position, should have been a captivating environment, but instead led Vanessa to make a big decision.
1: I just realised I'm not meant to be here. I just, mm. I, and I saw my boss and I said to him, Can you come to my office in the week? Because we didn't, we weren't based in the same building. And he said, Oh, that sounds serious. And I said, Yeah, it is. Because it was at that point I decided I don't know what I'm going to do, I don't know where I'm going to go. i know i'm not staying here Hmm. yeah so um yeah he came to my office in the week i'd written out my resignation and i told him i was going to leave wow and that was the start
0: when people leave full-time employment ensuring that you swim and don't sink should be factored in and although vanessa didn't have the blueprint for exactly how she was going to make ends meet Her head remained fully above water through an acute awareness of what might be available to her should the going get tough. Listen carefully because as we enter the equip phase, Vanessa outlines how she created a passive and lucrative income stream that she still has going now. My money would
1: have dried up very quickly because Mm -hmm. at the time I spent it very quickly. I was going on the fact that I thought I was very employable. So we're talking about around 2006 mark, pre-economic crash. There was lots of jobs for people to go into. There was lots of money around at that point. I was never thinking that I was going to leave and I wouldn't get another job. Yeah, I was thinking that I would take a little bit of time out and then decide kind of what I wanted to do. And I just thought to myself, I can do this. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I would never advocate for anyone to do it though, Jacqueline. I wouldn't, because I would say you would need to really think about what you're leaving and whether you can do it. So that might even be that you decide to go part time, you know, you reduce your hours, you go and do something else in the evening. I would say for people to do that, because if you've got a mortgage to pay for, which is what I did, it can be quite daunting to just, especially in today's day and age, just get up and go.
0: Yeah, that's sound advice, really sound advice. Uh, But what I really enjoy listening to you here is that you were clearly tuning into that intuition. You know, some people call it intuition, a little boy. Some people even get religious with it and call it God. But you knew that something was telling you, I need to switch things up. And you actually decided that's what you're going to do. And so let's move into equipping then. So we've talked a little bit about being financially confident in terms of being able to get employed again. But how did you then start equipping yourself to move into this next phase of your life?
1: Okay, so I guess, I guess it's important to say that when I left, I got offered a consultancy job within another NHS, which gave me the freedom at that point to do kind of what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I was working three days, rather than working um, five days a week. And what I realized is that working those five days, your mind is kind of clogged, you're not thinking Mm -hmm. about what you want to do and where you want to go next, etc. That just doesn 't happen, so i 've just literally bought a new house, and I began to slyly, slowly end up creeping into property, so I would go and look at property because I had the time so I would go to example university towns and stay in a hotel and look at prices, properties, what needed to be done, and I began to slowly kind of build up a portfolio, a property portfolio. And then in 2007, my property company was born. Um, Wow! I, yeah. And that's kind of how I kind of, and I crept into it. I didn't expect to. I had a house, which I kind of remember at the time is quite funny. I was trying to sell it. I couldn't sell it. So I decided to just remortgage and rent it out, which gave me the money to buy my other house which then another house came up across the road from there, then another house, and um, which I bought. And then I got planning permission to build another one. Um, so I was building up this property wow. kind of empire, which I never actually planned to. I wasn't even really kind of into property. So that's kind of, it gave me the the equipment, I guess, and Mm. the time and the money to be able to do other things. So I was working as a consultant, I then had began to build up and at the time it was quite small, but a, a property portfolio that was also giving me rental income. And then I was able to build that up bigger and bigger and bigger gradually, which has then given me the tools now to be able to explore the things that I want to explore now. And
0: that's the ticket, isn't it? That's the thing. It's having that little kind of nest egg if you like which then enables you to go off as you say to explore the the things that you're really passionate about so for me what that looked like was was saving up basically so you know when I was in recruitment I was in a position where I had this this little voice in my head telling me although you're doing well here this is not what you want to do it's not what you should be doing so how are you going to put yourself in a position, how are you going to equip yourself so that you can go off and do what you actually want to do? And so for me, that looked like saving up. And for you, it was setting up this amazing portfolio, enabling you to go off and explore your, your passions, which is fantastic. So what an amazing way to equip yourself. With a property portfolio taking care of itself and unafraid to try her hand at something new, Vanessa invested in a beauty spa. This decision would later take on a huge significance for her mentally. But as the saying goes, from darkness comes light.
1: Probably the, one of the the worst things I ever did, but also probably one of the best things because it was the point that allowed me to change everything in my life. Um, so when I closed that business, I was really reflective. I was actually, I would say I went through a really, a stage of depression, right? Um, I wasn't sure I'd always in my life knew where I was going, what I wanted to do, how to live my life. And at this point, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I kind of considered myself um, at that point like a bit of a failure. You know, I'm closing down a business. I, you know, had to let go of staff and I didn't really. So for about six months, I would say I did get out of bed and do stuff. But I would say for about six months, I spent a huge amount of time just um, in bed. Mm. not really wanting to get out only getting out because obviously I had to earn a little bit of money but I kind of just stayed there but because I um, had invested quite heavily into this spa in Teddington it took a lot out of me Mm -hmm. Um, um, my relationship at the time broke up Um, I had foster children Um, they also went back went to long-term foster care. so a lot was happening and a lot was taken away all at the same time, mm. and I just went into a period of about six months. I would say depression, and then I saw an advert on Facebook, funnily enough, for a radio presenter talking about um, issues to do with black economics, black power, that kind of stuff. And I thought, oh, let me apply for it. Mm. Not really thinking much, and I got an interview, and they offered me a position on the radio, um, doing talking about this, talking mm. about stuff to do with economics and stuff and it began to just give me a little bit of energy and a little bit of life again and I began to as we crept towards the end of 2015 began to come back to myself and then the radio show was meant to go on and do um, a tv show and they didn't do it and I had this little idea in the back of my head about doing my own show Mm. And I thought to myself, oh, I wonder if I could do it myself. And I approached the network and I said to them, I've got this idea. If you um, give me the opportunity, I will find my own team, my own such and such. We produce the shows, etc. You just need to host, host it on your channel. Mm. And they said, yeah. Oh my gosh! I've never done a TV show before. <laughs> how the hell? Do, how the hell do I go about it? And um, but because I was producing the radio shows, I had an idea of structure, how to write, how to get guests, and how to put things together. And I became self-taught mm. in everything I did.
0: Being self-taught was working out for Vanessa and she could have easily carried on in this vein as her show was growing in popularity but keen to evolve her creativity further and following a chance encounter with an old friend she entered the final step towards her genesis as an actor and applied for drama school and a return to training is definitely something that I can relate to. Do you
1: know what I think at the point that I was at when I went back to drama school so much change has happened in my life at that point, that it was exactly what I needed. Mm. I felt like I had been almost like reborn. Um, You're around all these creative people and the energy and the vibrancy, I just loved it. And I can see how it would be hard For some people, because the courses were in the weekdays, they weren't weekends, any time from Monday straight through to Fridays when in the daytime or in the evening, and you had to be available for whatever Mm. course they gave you term time. So it can be hard, and I can see why young people would be available to do that. It equipped me to kind of go out there
0: and kind of just chase my dreams, really. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's brilliant. And, and, and in a way we've segued into, into action as well, because you're yeah. equipping yourself was actually you taking action and you taking ownership and thinking, right, I want to be in this world. I've had this conversation with this amazing woman who's had this life changing experience. I want to change my, my life. And you went and you followed suit and amazing that you got into the intermediate because again, that is validation. Yes, I should be here. And not only am I not just starting out, I've got the skills clearly and the talent to be doing. Doing this from this level and and onwards, so let's just unpack that a little bit more. What was it like then coming out of the the Identity School of Acting? Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's a really prestigious school now, isn't it? It has some amazing people come through their doors, yourself included. So once you had taken action, then did you feel like a fire in your belly? And and what was the little voice in your head now saying—the one that had had all of that doubt all of those years ago? How were you then feeling?
1: when you leave drama school your key thing is about getting an agent Mm. everybody wants an agent because you feel an agent will open those kind of doors for you and so I did go out about finding an agent but I'm I'm very much not the kind of person that will sit there and just let my agent do stuff I will look at creating (laughs) stuff myself and I very much believe that why can't I write why can't I perform and why can't I do my own thing Mm. there, there seems to be such a narrow window sometimes for black females in the industry. They um, expect you to be one kind of thing when you're kind of performing and you're lots of different things. And you almost I didn't want to be begging no one for opportunities I believed that I could create my own opportunities so if somebody wasn't gonna if the door wasn't open for me then I would create my own door over here Mm -hmm. open it and go through it myself um, as much as possible and I think because I knew I did the chat show And I was able to do that with no experience. And by the time we did the second series, the quality of what we had produced was amazing. And the guests coming through, being able to get a studio up and running, the lights, the cameras, the teleprompters, everything ready, Mm. being able to build my own team. I knew that I could then do that in the acting world. And if somebody wasn't going to give me the opportunities, I could create my own.
0: And no stranger to this concept, Anne, with the demands of the world on hold due to a global pandemic, create her own she did, and her action really began to take shape in the form of her own play within these four walls.
1: I bought all these books about writing a play, what you need to think about, how to structure your play. So it's one thing having an idea, but if you can't put it down on paper... And make it kind of readable, then it doesn't work. So it was like looking at when you write the first act of your play, what's the pacing do you need to do? What's the pacing after the interval? When people come back, the pacing's meant to be, they they said it's meant to be quite quick, quite sharp, because you're coming to that climax, that end. And it was kind of understanding that, reading it. And then I was like, hey, I can do this, I can do this. And I started putting pen to paper or putting my fingers to the keyboard. And I began typing this script, and I didn't know if it was any good. And I did a couple of versions of it, and then I sent it to a friend of mine who um, I thought she's a teacher, English teacher, and she said to me, "Oh my gosh, this is like really, really good." But I was thinking, oh, she loves me, she's gonna say it's good, was, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I was thinking, oh, I need to get some other people's kind of opinion. And I sent it to to some actors that I knew. And then I did a table read with actors so that we could kind of look at it and just kind of see if anything needed changing. And once I got complete validation about, yeah, this is really a really good play. I was like, oh, my gosh, I've got something.
0: And have something she did despite months of uncertainty due to the pandemic Within These Four Walls made it to the stage directed by Atticus Osborne at the Questus Theatre West London during the month of October which is also Domestic Violence Awareness Month and some of the proceeds of the production centred around domestic abuse were donated to Refuge and the thought-provoking powerful work received high praise. The
1: performances were so strong the direction was powerful Um, and this needs to go places. This needs to go national. This shouldn't be silenced. You know what? It was beautiful. The way it all came together was just beautiful. I thought it was really good. Twist at the end, didn't see it. So no, I just thought it was, to be honest, it was just excellent. It was really powerful show, very well acted, powerful performances and really, really deep impacts on on the audience. Um, So very well done everyone involved with the show. In
0: terms of next steps and what Patience looks for you now, because I think as an actor, and not only now are you an actor, but you're a writer, producer. I mean, you were able to tick three boxes all in one fell swoop, I mean, amazing stuff. But what sort of role does Patience play within what you're doing now? I think
1: in this industry you have to have patience anyway because Mm. you don't just wake up in the morning and suddenly, you know, you've got this most amazing part. Some of the times you hear people's stories, they have been doing things for years and years and years and years before they even get an opportunity for something. Um, So I think you have to be patient. I think now the play has happened and it's gone on. I have been taking out some time for myself. Hmm. I am always doing something and I think that that can lead to burnout and what I have learned is that time is your friend yeah not everything has to be rushed and that time even that patience to sit there and write um even in the first place you don't write something and one day it's done. I was able to take months to do that. I would write a little bit, come back to it maybe the week after, write a bit more. It wasn't just like I was sitting there consistently just writing. It Mm. it wasn't like that. So I feel patience now for me is key to everything I'm doing because I had to wait months and months and months and months to know if I was even going to put this play on or if it was even going to happen. And when it did come, I I wasn't even 100% sure whether I could do it. I had the self-doubt did creep in because you then realise that actually you're, you're undertaking something really big and the way that I wanted to do it, it wasn't just in a little sh- small studio. You know, we had a 300-seat theatre. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was big. So, um, yeah, I had to have the patience to pull that off.
0: What an experience you've had from having the thought as a child that you were creative, knowing that, knowing that you wanted to be in the arts, being in the girl band, that not quite working out, then having this property business, which I think is incredible, working in the NHS also incredible but you knowing that it wasn't for you and having the courage to dig deep that's amazing your story is incredible Um, with everything that you have learned along that journey if someone's listening and they want to take the leap and follow in your footsteps what's the one piece of advice the one thing you wish someone had told you before you took the leap i wish somebody had told me that life is
1: so fleeting and you blink and so much time has gone by and what i would say to anyone is stop sitting on the sidelines wishing wanting hoping just do it, find out how you can do it and do it. Because before you know it, a year's gone, two years gone, five years gone, 10 years, 20 years have gone of your life. And you're still wishing and hankering after something. And so my advice is don't sit on the sidelines, go and do it. When you hear that voice telling you something, you know (laughs) that you need to follow it. Don't let that voice keep talking to you year on, year out, and you don't listen. Don't. And that's what I would tell anybody.
0: Brilliant, thank you. And there we have it, what a woman, so many strings to her bow. If you want to find out what Vanessa is up to, then make sure you go and check her out online. Her Instagram is The Real Vanessa Crickshank, and from there you can delve into her world. Don't forget to follow me at Sheps, J-A-X-X-S-H-E-P-S on all socials and do subscribe so you won't ever miss the latest. Taking the Leap is created, produced and edited by me, Jacqueline Shepard, with music courtesy of Pixabay. See you next time.